0: Packers take down the Pittsburgh Steelers, 27 to 17. Shout out to everyone watching live on YouTube. I said we're going to be live for all of the primetime games. This was also a national game, so we'll do it for that, too. Why not? Let's have some fun. Thanks to everyone who is listening to us on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or whenever you're listening to us as your first listen. Remember, we are free and available on all platforms. This was a game. For the Green Bay Packers, that was a little bit of a show-me game for this offense and a little bit of a show-me game for this defense. So we're going to talk about both. And and the reason it was a show-me game for the offense, no David Bakhtiari, no Elton Jenkins. Now teams have a bit of a blueprint for how you want to play. And we saw it against the 49ers. That, That is a good defense against the 49ers, but they have some questions at corner. So, okay, they have some places where you can attack. The Steelers do not have those same questions. This is a very, very good defense. That is getting T.J. Watt back. Cam Hayward is out there. Devin Bush is back, although he got dinged up in this game. They still have Minka Fitzpatrick, Joe Hayden, and and just guys all over the field who can make your life miserable. And the Packers, you know, 27 points is not going to tell the story. Okay, they put up. Uh, 367 yards of total offense, 236 through the air, 131 on the ground. And they were excellent, 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 excellent on third down nine of 15 on third down a big part of that coming from Randall Cobb, who was enormous in this game. And I I think what this game plan shows us is this team can beat you in so many ways it was aj dylan 15 carries 81 yards and a near touchdown had the, the longest run of the season for the packers a 25 yarder that he nearly scored on and randall cobb led the team in receiving yards five for 69 nice and two touchdowns they didn't do it in the traditional kind of way for the green bay packers and that was true last week as well do i have some questions about where this shotgun is, com- what is coming from is it An Aaron Rodgers driven thing? Is it a Matt LaFleur driven thing? Is this the next evolution of the offense? I don't know. And I don't know that we're going to get any sort of honest answer about the the truth there. But for the Packers to look like this, I mean, they got whatever they wanted. They really should have scored again at the end of the half. Now they got a little lucky with the field goal block. They've got to get that tightened up. They got a little unlucky late in the game. The no tripping call cost the Packers four points. And then at the end of the game, a non-holding call on on Rashawn Gary, um, a ticky-tack holding call on Eric Stokes. And, you know, this game could have been, it could have been a 20-point game. It could have been a 20-point game. And And it wasn't. Now, they had some opportunities. And, and, you know, there's there's some some complaints in the chat that the, the Packers took their foot off the gas a little bit. I actually felt like on, on one of the drives in the, in the fourth quarter when they were running it effectively, two straight passes led to a punt. Now, one of them was on a busted play or a busted coverage where the Packers had two receivers running wide open and, and Rogers threw it to Devontae Adams. Randall Cobb thought it was to him and he knocks it out. It was it was the Packers beating themselves. And I think that's where this offense is right now. To to do it, no Marquez Valdez Scantling. They didn't they didn't take a vertical shot to a receiver in this game that I can recall. They took the the shot with Tunyon that, that would have been a walk-in touchdown. Rodgers babied it. They didn't attack vertically down the field. Part of that is they have they have a lot of respect for this front, I'm sure. So they they mixed the run game. They blocked very effectively in this game. Uh and Aaron Jones. The the numbers aren't aren't wildly impressive 15 for 48, but the Packers averaged four yards a carry in this game. They put up 131 yards and, and maybe more importantly, it's 33 rushes, 36 passes. Now, the fact that they were able to get some get some points early to play from ahead that allows them to stay balanced. And a lot of what they're doing is, all right, shotgun, spread it out and now make some decisions. How is the defense going to play? And then, okay, if they're going to play small, pound it. If they're going to keep everyone sort of contained in the box area, maybe reduce a split or something, then you see, okay, try and attack outside. And and what the Packers really did well, I thought, in this game is Randall Cobb gave them an element that they did not otherwise have, especially without MVS, being able to open up the field down, down, down the sidelines or down the middle from the slot is they attack the middle of the field with Randall Cobb. You put Devontae Adams in the slot. And you can create a lot of opportunities for him. But if you put him on the outside and you have a safety shaded to that side, now you can work the middle of the field and middle opposite Adams where that safety is is trying to trying to cover a lot more ground. So you're able to get Randall Cobb open. I mean, the Packers didn't convert a third down that didn't involve Randall Cobb until like late in this, in the second quarter, he was their third down offense because he's getting singled up and he's winning those one-on-one matchups. And he looked as Wade points out on the stream. He looks Randall Cobb does like the guy that we saw in 2014. It was his first multi-touchdown game since 2015. And I, 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 we knew he would be invigorated by coming to Green Bay. He wrote the, the Big Players Tribune article about how happy he was to be back and, and what it felt like to come home. And Aaron Otter said, we got to get Randall Cobb more involved. Matt LaFleur said, we got to get Randall Cobb more involved. Peter Bukowski said they got to get Randall. No, no, that's not true. Um, I, I did say that, but like they don't they don't care what I think. Uh, and, and so these are the opportunities he's going to get, especially on third down when Devontae is going to see two. You have to find ways to get Randall Cobb involved in the offense. And I still think there are more ways to get creative with this offense. The Packers, I still think it could be going to the, the jet motion more. I want to see them give the jet. We saw Murray Rogers play a little bit more in this game. Didn't get a target. The Packers blocked extremely well on the edges. Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, you know, De- Devontae Adams even. And, and they were able to turn toss plays that could have been two yards into six. Those are body blows. They wear you down. And the Packers at the end of the game, if they hit that shot to Tunyon, it's a blowout. and, and this game even even with the score, I mean it's a it's a 10 yard a, a 10 point game that really wasn't that close. And you look at things you know, I, I love net yards per play, a lot of garbage time in the second half. I mean, Pittsburgh scored on their first possession on a long touchdown. They scored uh just just the 10 points after that. But it's not, it's not just that, right? So on that drive, they get a 45 yard touchdown to start the game, right? 45 yard touchdown to start the game. After that, they had less than 240 total yards in addition to that play. That play was what, a quarter of their total yardage? A fifth, nah, a sixth of their total yards. I mean, on one play. So defensively, I thought I, 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 we're going to talk uh, at length about the Green Bay defense. Offensively, to play balanced in a different kind of way, you don't have to go big to play balance. A lot of the shotgun, the RPO, pre-snap RPO, it's RPO based on look. But some of it is okay. We saw some of that that little flare RPO action where Rodgers can either hand it off or get it to Aaron Jones. They did that one time on the on the little flare, and it picked up a first down. It got called back, unfortunately. But but those are things that they can that they can get into. So even without MVS, and he's going to be out a couple of weeks now, they have found ways, and they have found ways consistently this season. Over the last three games two as Aaron Rodgers said, evolve this offense to find ways to keep things um, in the, the oeuvre of this offense, but do it in a way that protects Aaron Rodgers. And I think a lot of my my only guess as to why they're not playing bigger and doing some of the more under center stuff that we saw last year is they don't want Rodgers to have to turn his back to the defense. And probably Rodgers doesn't want to have to do that either when you've got two rookies out there. And Yash Najman, who, by the way, once again was solid, fine. But the, the pressure did not kill the Packers in this game, and that is exactly what you need from these guys. Just be steady until Allen Jenkins. And Alan Jenkins has not gone IR. I, you know, presumably he'll have a chance to play. Um, you know, next week we'll, we'll see. I mean, David Bakhtiari. We don't really have any indication about if he's going to come off PUP right away. So we we have to keep planning for Ellen Jenkins and and some sort of patchwork offensive line moving forward here. But the fact that they were the last two weeks to score 57 points in two weeks against two very good defenses against two very well coached teams is a credit to this offense. And it is in stark contrast to what we saw in, in week one. A.J. Dillon becoming more involved is not an accident. You want to play some power run against some of these teams to to stay balanced. You want to play 21 personnel to stay balanced. Josiah DeGuara, I thought, got out there a little bit more. They played some more, uh, you know, base personnel kind of situations, 12, even 13 out there. And that's without Dominique Daphne. So they're finding different kinds of ways to stay diverse, but still stay within the confines of this offense. And that is something that is going to be vital for this team moving forward. All right, I have an incredible opportunity for everyone to save some money who buys gas. And that is almost everyone. It's called get upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas. Every time they fill up, just download the free get upside app in the app store or Google play right now. Use promo code touchdown to get 25 cents extra per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents per gallon cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Why would you do that? Get cash back using get upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code touchdown to get up to 50% to get 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. And You can get it back in your bank account, PayPal, e-gift card, Amazon, other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN for up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. And thanks again to those of you who have made Lockdown Packers your first listen every day. Remember, we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where we are streaming right this second. Let's talk defense. Because... The Green Bay Packers defensively, they needed someone on that defensive front to step forward other than Kenny Clark, because Kenny Clark is just going to continue to do yeoman's work. He had a couple nice plays in this game, splash play TFL, and he's going to get doubled a lot. You need some of these other guys to get in there in this game. Kingsley Kiki comes through last game. Dean Lowry had a nice game. Tyler Lancaster played well. They can do it by committee. It can't be what it was in week 1 when no one was any good. Even even Kenny Clark was not his normal dominant self. He has been that guy over the last 3 weeks. So now you get Kingsley Kiki in there with a sack fumble and and you turn that into points if you're the Packers. They need someone. Not doesn't have to be Kiki every week. That's that's you know he's a day 3 pick. You can't expect him to be a pro bowler out there. Go make some plays. Just make one or two plays a game. You have Devondre Campbell out there who made a number of excellent plays to make tackles, to prevent first downs, especially late in the game on that fourth down when he just he just read Ben Roethlisberger's mail and he sniffs out the crossers, you know, he he follows one, comes back with the other, makes the play, immediately makes the tackle. He, again, led the team in tackles in this game. Now, we do not know right now the status of Jair Alexander. Um, He did raise both shoulders after he went down, which may be just organizing his pads. I don't want to speculate on the injury, but he did immediately grab for that arm after making the hit. So, we did find out uh right after we recorded this originally, our live stream, that Jair Alexander suffered uh, an AC joint sprain injury. Um, and, and there's still there's still more evaluations, uh, more tests to be done to figure out how bad it is, according to Mike Garafolo over at NFL Network. Um, that's a that's a shoulder injury. So something that he he may be able to to play through. We still don't know the severity of it, but it, it's a, an important update to offer here. So I, I just wanted to throw that in there. Um, you know, we'll we'll see what the situation is there and, and how they could move this moving forward. I don't know that Isaac Yadam, is the best guy to be the boundary corner moving forward? Maybe they have to go if Kevin King is back from concussion protocol next week. You have to go with King and Stokes on the outside with Chan and Sullivan in the slot. Maybe you go Chan and Sullivan to the boundary if King is still hurt and Shamar John Charles comes in. He played in in this game a little bit at the end, and you have Charles in there at the end. So I, I think they probably just wanted to get a look um at, at John Charles, but we'll see. It's 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 tough to know exactly how they want to move this putting you know put this together moving forward. Luckily, and this is you know I say this, understanding what I'm saying. Luckily, they have Kevin King. And I say that because Eric Stokes, who had the game ceiling interception in this game, I thought he played well. Except that, you know he did get beat a couple times. He's a rookie; that's going to happen. But he is he is showing a ton of promise. Also had a PBU where he was right in Juju Smith-Schuster's shirt. Uh, He tackles. He rallies. He's always in position to play the ball. And that's not something you could say about Kevin King. But Kevin King knows the offense. If Jire has to miss a week or two, you have someone who at least you know and had faith could be out there if you needed him to be. Now, do you or I think that he's a starting caliber corner? No. But he knows the offense or he knows the defense. He has practiced with this team. There's at least some continuity. And he's probably better than the average third boundary corner on on a lot of teams. Is it ideal? No, but he's a backup. If he's going to be a backup, you're in fine shape. Now, I do think you could put Sullivan out there. Maybe he's better suited to be a boundary corner. He's not a very big guy, but, you know, they'll have some options. And and I think what we can say definitively about the Packers is they will put the best guys out there. Now, they get the Bengals next week and then the Bears and then Washington football team before the Cardinals in in what has now become a monster game uh, on, on a short week, by the way the Bengals are not going to scare the crap out of you from a passing game standpoint, the bears, same thing. And Washington, same thing. So, you know, this is the time. If you're going to suffer one of those injuries, Now, that two of those are road games. You got to go to Chicago. You got to go to Cincinnati Are either of those super scary. Mm, I don't know. Do you want to keep Stokes on the left side? Do you do you're on the right side? Do you want to move into the left side? They're going to have a lot of options. We're going to find out more when we find out just what the severity of the Jair Alexander injury is. You hope for his sake and for the Packers' sake, no uh, structural damage. It it didn't seem like a collarbone injury where it's a break. He walked off the field but was clearly favoring that arm. So you just, we, we cannot speculate. We do not know. The Packers have some options on how to deal with that. There were some some breaks. Now, there, there were not coverage busts in the same way that we had seen early in the season. The Pittsburgh ran some nice concepts. They had a double move that was open for for a potential touchdown that Ben overthrew. But Ben is going to overthrow balls. Maybe they play a little bit differently if that's not the offense that they're running, but that's the offense that they run. And they had a, they had another opportunity down the field that Ben missed. Um, you know, Tony Romo said a walk-in touchdown. I don't know about that. Eric Stokes runs four to eight, and Juju does not. So I don't know about that. Uh, uh, but you know, on a, on a deep in breaker kind of post route, you're you're going to have to live with with the mistakes for Eric Stokes. You just live with it, and you, you figure it out. Um, and and that's really the only option that you have. Uh, th- this defense, I thought I thought showed some nice things. But it wasn't perfect. It wasn't perfect. Still, they bring pressure when they need it. And they've been getting it. They they got push in this game and, and it bailed out their secondary. That's what you need. That is complementary football. We, we, can't, we can't be sitting here after a game and go, well, if not for the sack fumble, the Packers defense, blah, blah, blah. No, they got that. If not for the pressure on Ben here, then blah, blah, blah. No, they got that pressure. And, you know, you lost Preston Smith for a quarter in this game and you continue to get pressure. Rashawn Gary, he gets another sack in this game. Just an effort ass kicker sack. Just ran right over the left tackle and put him, deposited him in Ben Roethlisberger's shirt. He tackled them both. It was a dual sack. He should get two sacks for that. He took two guys down. I mean, it was an incredible play by Rashawn Gary. And I said this on Twitter. He is going to get sacks in the second half of games just because he is the kind of physical specimen who can still be going 100 miles an hour when everyone else is tired and so if he's just your your closer try hard guy the rest of the game if he's your just you know just an effort guy who's solid in the run game and is running down running backs and is playing disciplined and then in the fourth quarter is going to hunt quarterbacks when you're playing with a lead that's a good player that's a useful player Now, they could use Zedarius Smith back. Ian Rappaport uh, said after we finished recording on Friday that the Packers do believe that they can get Zedarius Smith back before the end of the season. Of course, just as we finished the stream, uh, there was the report that MVS is going on uh, short-term IR. Hopefully, just the three weeks while he gets the hamstring sorted out. He felt like he could go, said so on his Game on Wisconsin show last week. We'll see um, if if that is a point of contention for him. Players always think they can play. I mean, that's just the reality. Players always think they can go. This defense has made strides. I mean, that's the thing. This They've made strides. Their ability, and, and this was something that really showed up on that fourth down play, their ability to play with confidence in their underneath zones now. The linebackers, Oren Burks, Devondre Campbell, The safeties, the corners—they're all working in con—in concert. And and Matt Lafleur was asked about this because remember the 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 line was, it doesn't really matter if they're playing if they have the right call as long as everyone is playing the same call, right? And then it looked like in week one that not only was was everyone not playing the same call, they also looked like they were not in the right call defensively. That has changed because guys are playing better. Plain and simple, they're playing better. They're playing faster. They're reacting faster. And they're finishing plays. I do think, this is a question from the stream, how much credit should Joe Barry get for the defense? A lot. A lot. Now, I think the most credit should go to Brian Gutekunst for putting together this defense. You draft Jair Alexander. You draft Darnell Savage. You draft Eric Stokes. You sign Adrian Amos. You sign Devondre Campbell. Even Oren Burke, someone like that, the, the positional flexibility. You sign Rashawn Gary, you sign or you draft Rashawn Gary, you sign Preston Smith. This defense, other than Kenny Clark, is holy Brian Gutekind's baby. So when they play to their potential, I think I think it it reflects the talent for sure. But it also um, speaks to what Joe Barry has been able to do because Mike Patton had talent, too. And they were not able to always put it together in the same kind of way. Now, this is one game against a bad offense. It's a bad offense, albeit with some nice players. Uh, But this is uh, a defense that has plenty of ability. That is playing some disciplined football. They're not busting coverages like they were in week one. They didn't get fooled by Kyle Shanahan. They didn't get tricked in this game by Matt Canada. They didn't run anything gimmicky either. But what they were able to do was be... A, a solid group that created timely turnovers. And it's not just the turns, right? It's not just the official turnovers. Because Green Bay did force two of those and they sealed the game on the interception. They changed the game on the sack fumble. The Steelers were also o of 2 on fourth down. Those are turnovers. Those are turnovers. I mean, that is four turnovers really in this game for the green Bay Packers. And, and, uh, Lily Zhao was on this show last week. She predicted a pick six, did not get a pick six, did get a picks from a pick from Eric Stokes. They created turnovers and that's something that they have done. Now it is part of the identity of this team. And you just need a little confidence. You just need a little confidence to be able to push you to that next level where now you're really playing some some really confident football. Defense is so much about confidence that we know the team has the talent. And and this was an instance where they were able to make the splash plays that are commensurate to their talent. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. Another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone because of course you are. And you've got your neighbor's best friend's in for other stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called direct TV stream and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, Knowing your contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. How many times do I have to say it? It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Right now, the limited time flavor Cookie Dough Chunk. And that is in addition to coconut almond. Mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, cherry, raspberry, all high in fiber, high in protein, low in net carbs, and low in sugar. Right now, you go to built.com and use promo code LOCKS15. You will get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKS15 at built.com. Thanks for making Locked Packers your first listen of the day. Now make your second listen, Peacock and Williamson. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free. And available on all platforms. Before we finish, I just want to I want to say one thing about the field goal situation and the special teams in general. First of all, boho blast, boho blast. Do I need to say anything more? The guy is awesome. Speaking of things that Brian Gutekunst deserves credit for, boho blast. The second, the Packers have a field goal blocked where Big Bob Tunyon blocks. No one, no one. He had two guys to block. He blocked neither of them. Not ideal. And they almost had another one blocked. That's a problem. And you know, you you can say you can say whatever you want about Mo Drayton, and he seems like a very uh, well liked guy. He is great in press conferences. You got to get it fixed, and the guys have to play better. But you got to get it fixed. You have to get it fixed because. A game might come down to a field goal. So you can't be in a position where a block could potentially end your season, right? I mean, we saw Mason Crosby kick the game winner. If you can't get those guys blocked in that situation, you don't even have a chance to let Mason Crosby do that. But there are going to be some Steelers fans who say, well, if that is called differently, blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's true. But... That was a 10-point swing, right? Pittsburgh scores seven. Instead, Green Bay scores three. 10-point swing. Green Bay does not get the tripping call that would have set the Packers up first and goal inside the five. They have to settle for a field goal. That's a four-point swing. And then, end of the game, no holding call on Rashawn Gary on a third down, and you get the ticky-tack P.I. call on Eric Stokes. Turns into seven. That's a minus net seven for the Packers. So, 10 Plus 10 for the Steelers, or minus 10 for the Steelers, minus 11 for the Packers. The crappy officiating evened out. Now, that's not what you want to be, uh, you know, holding your hat on. If you're the NFL, you'd rather just not have bad officiating. But the anyone who watched this game knows the right team won. And if anything, the Packers, this should have been a game that was not close. Now, last week is the same thing. And the officials played a role in that, too. If you're the Packers and you're Matt LaFleur, your message to your team has to be leave no doubt. Leave no doubt. Do not give the refs a chance. And when we have opportunities, we have to capitalize on them. When you have a throw to Big Bob Tunyon for a touchdown to, to ice the game, you got to make it. You got to make it. I mean, those are the plays. And, and if, and if you know, they still won by 10, we, you know, this is not like I'm, I'm dragging this team. But this game could have been a much more impressive, quote unquote, victory by the scoreboard and, and, and the aesthetics of the game if they had done a few things here or there better. This is this is something that I kept saying last year, and I think it bears repeating this year because it's true again. This team is now three and one. They've put week one behind them. Aaron Rodgers over the last three weeks. Is you know, at the top of a million categories in terms of efficiency and all, the, and all the things that he's been able to do for this offense. The defense is steadily improving in my opinion, and it's not always going to be linear. They're going to, they're going to take some steps back. The injuries are tough. You, you hope that you have the squad that can handle it, but there's more out there for this team. And that was something they kept saying in 2019. There's more out there. There's more out there. There's more out there. And you were just sort of like, nah, I don't know. Is there, We've seen what this offense can do. The offense has proven at this season that they are really, really good and really capable. They can be even better when they're healthy with David Bakhtiari, with Ellen Jenkins, with time to throw. They can they can pick these teams apart offensively and defensively. Eric Stokes is a guy. He's a guy. I don't know if he's ever going to be a star. I, I, you know, I just I don't like to put that pressure on a rookie. He looks like he's really good. He looks like he could be really good. Like Jair Alexander and Eric Stokes and Darnell Savage. They could be the core of your defense for a long, long time. The core of a really good defense. And you add in Rashawn Gary and Kenny Clark. And and we'll see what happens with the rest of this front. I I think that there's plenty of opportunities for them to get better. They can get better. And they are getting better. And that's what you need to see. That's what you need to see the improvement. Even while they're dealing with injuries. I think there is, this team can be, is already good and they can be so much better. The Rams, are they good? They looked, they looked like the best team in the league last, last week and this week they look like crap. I was going to say a, a dog-related word. They looked really bad. Now, the, the Cardinals looked really good. I don't know that the Cardinals are that great, but they played awesome uh, against the Rams. Packers have to play the Cardinals in a couple weeks. This is a, a wide-open NFL right now and I think Green Bay has to feel like they have as good a chance as anyone to go out there and win a Super Bowl. So we'll be back tomorrow, Expert Tuesday. We will have Lily Zhao on Wednesday, Crossover Thursday, and of course, our live stream on Friday. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. Subscribe to us at The Leap. Theleap.substack.com is free on Mondays. So sign up, get that newsletter in your inbox at the very least on Monday and the rest of the week. We'd love to have you the rest of the week, the rest of the month. That would be awesome. Subscribe on YouTube, as I said, and anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.